Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. So this morning has been a really interesting morning. I think the joy of the Lord, we just, we just say more, Lord. Yeah, pour it out. You know, the word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and um, I think there's a whole bunch of people that need strength right now. Hey there, girl. Yeah, okay, okay, we'll get started now. Oh, Okay, yeah. So God is so good. Even as we sang the songs this morning, it's like God's been speaking to us all morning. Um, for those of you who didn't read my sign that I put on the board, uh, we're now in the basement for our happy hour. Pre-service prayer is in the basement. Uh, for those of you who um, couldn't walk up the stairs, now you can walk down the stairs and somebody will help you back up. So anyway, we had an amazing time down there this morning, but here's the thing. We live in this at House of Hope in Cranbrook, BC. We have this amazing um, gift as this building in particular. God has just given us this gift to worship in. And uh, so this morning we were down in the basement where it was cool. And um, it's just really neat. Uh, the things we, I don't know about you, but a lot of times we're easily distracted, right? Uh, like this morning with the worship. Uh, it, it was really easy to get distracted by the crackling noise. And so I just believe the Lord is training us to not be so easily distracted. But when we were in the prayer room this morning, I looked around, and all I could see all over the place were these prophetic pictures. Like, they are everywhere. Like, they're all on, lined up all around the window cells. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, okay, so you're down here. Um, the flies are distracting you. Uh, there's a whole, there's a fly graveyard down in that one corner. Um, you know, and then you get all irritated. Why doesn't somebody clean this up? So, so all those little things were happening to me this morning. And the Lord said, I want you to stop. Oh, I actually got to tell you, I did take a broom and sweep the flies up. I, I couldn't handle it. So anyway, it didn't take very long. Got the flies all swept up. And then the Lord began to open my eyes to the, the prophetic art. Now, little did I know that Kathleen, whoa, she's, she came down, and I had, that was the last one that I had picked. And uh, apparently, the Lord had opened her eyes, too, when she got down there this morning. And so these pictures, again, I don't want us as House of Hope here to take for granted how God speaks. You know, we, we can look around, and I don't know, I want to challenge you today. When you leave, before you leave this building, I want you to look around at the pictures on the walls I'm going to leave these ones that uh, Holy Spirit highlighted to me this morning, and somehow, some way, we're going to get a, we're going to get somewhere where we can display something new every week. Like I really believe that's what the Lord is trying to stir our hearts up. He's been speaking. Do we remember? Okay, so this picture spoke to her actually and gave her. Um, she had a scripture that went with it. This picture. Well, when I looked at this picture, I saw a whole different thing. You know. Uh, <laughs> The things that a lot of us are walking through, you know, the scriptures say, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome. And for some of us, there's Psalm 23 has taken on a new meaning. 
you know, where Psalm 23 says that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Well, God is doing something really big in people's lives in the area of physical things that are going on. And we have five people in our midst that are fighting that. And we are fighting with them. And I think that's what the Lord is, really wants to um, stir our hearts up, that we are a family and we are doing this together. You are not alone. When I look out at you guys, I know that every single one of you are going through something that's different. Uh, even as Shelly got up and shared, okay? Here's the thing. When we, we need to get to know one another so that we can walk through those things and even understand uh, if we haven't experienced it, God will give us the grace even to walk into that place and, and walk with people that are walking through things that we thought, how I couldn't do that. Well, God knows exactly what to tailor-make for each of us because he has one purpose, and that is that we would become made in his image. And so everything that you're going through is designed so that you can... Uh, here's the picture that... I don't know who painted these, but they're pretty awesome. We talk about a rising and shining, you know. This is what's going on in our life. You know that uh, if I were the devil, I'd do the same thing, you know, like keep you down, keep you out, keep you on your face, keep you grumbling, keep you complaining, and you wouldn't be shining at all. But everything that each one of us are going through is designed to help us arise and shine. It's not about us. It's about him inside of us, him inside of us. And we sang that song this morning, make us aware of your presence. That's my cry, my prayer. Make us aware of your presence. And as we sang that song, so often we think of, you know, come into this place. Come into this place. Come into this place. Come into this place. And when we realize that we are earthen vessels, he, he chose to use us, guys. We don't have to be like the person sitting beside us. We just have to be our authentic selves. And let God pour his spirit through us just the way that he wants to. And so this is a long process. And for some of us who have been going through this for years and years, we've had some experience. And so God's doing something really cool in this hour. It's linking up the generations so that the younger generation and the older generation, all the generations are dovetailing together. And seriously... I really believe that some of the stuff that you guys are going through, there's some people here um, in our midst, and I know Lori has walked through cancer more than once. You have a special anointing on you and an authority. You have keys that are going to help these people in the midst of it. And because you have walked through the valley of the shadow of death, walked through the valley... <laughs> You know, and you read the scripture in Psalms, it says, in 23, it says that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And so there's a table that God has prepared for each one of us every single day. There's a table prepared. And we get to, and like that picture, I'll get back to that picture, what happened to it? Sometimes we get lalagagan in the green pastures, and it gets really cozy there. And then all of a sudden, there's a door. Actually, I think it started out as a brick wall. It's hit right 
you know, how many of you had brick walls in your life in the last little while? You're just trucking along, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes a brick wall. Well, you know what? There's a door. And I don't know who painted. Actually, Melody did. I'd like to, when she gets back, have her um, share with us what she saw. But there's a door open, and we get to walk through it. Did you hear me? I said we get to walk through it. We choose to walk through it, or we can just lay there and just think, oh, I've got it all, laying in my green pastures. God's so good. I'm just going to stay here. Well, on the other side of that door, you see what there is? The multitude of God's promises that you've never tasted. And so the thing about it is we need to be moving in our walk with God. And, and for us as older people, that's been our cry through our experience with God is that we got to be crying out for more all the time. We can't be satisfied for what was back there. And so I just want to declare again afresh today in this season um, to forget the things that lie behind. Behold, God's doing a new thing. And in that new thing, he's taken us deeper. He's taken us higher. He's taken us wider into his love so that we can experientially, experientially, experientially feel it and walk through it. He wants us to know how big he is inside of us. Now, Kathleen, uh, she was a perfect living example of that this morning. Um, a, a vessel abandoned to Holy Spirit. Now, she learned that in the school of the supernatural. I know that, right? Um, the thing about it is if we come as, as empty earthen vessels before the Lord, and every time we gather, we just say, Lord, use me. Lord, whatever you want, just use me this morning. And I, I, God used the Holy Spirit poured through you guys this morning in an amazing way as you ministered one to another. Please don't take that for granted. Because the God, the Holy Spirit, the measure of grace that's inside of you as you lay your hands on our, your brother or your sister gets transferred. It's like this is, this is real stuff. We, we can hug one another. We can speak life to one another. And that's exactly what happens. Life comes. Hence, why we meet together. We could all be sitting at home in front of the TV. Uh, I, I've done that when I haven't been well enough to get here watching I Bethel, worshiping with Bethel. It's awesome, and I encourage you to do it when you can't get out. But there's something about the body of Christ, your local body, as you meet, there's nothing like it. And here's the thing. Um, sometimes, I mean, we've had some pretty amazing times in this building, and God has shown up big time and manifested himself really big. And then you talk to somebody who wasn't there. And they go, oh, I missed it. And you know what? I, I, you know, I used to, I'm an encourager. and go, oh, it's okay. We'll tell you about it. Well, you missed it. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you this, but it's just the way it is. Now, what happened to Kathleen this morning? I mean, you know, we, if you hadn't been here, we, well, we'll tell people about it, right? But what happened to her this morning? She's down, came into the prayer room. She goes, the presence of God drew me. And it was just really cool when you said that because we, you know, we intercessors were down there and we're there every Sunday morning. We come at quarter after nine. And, you know, sometimes it gets, oh, you know, like, and a lot of times I'm down there by myself. But what has God called you to? Okay? We need to be faithful in what he's called us to. Now, if that means that you need to be somewhere all by yourself, then be faithful. If there's two or three 
three of you, be faithful, okay? And so, um, anyway, presence of the Lord. I had no, I mean, we were feeling it. And, I mean, you know, it, I was having fire. We went down to keep cool in the basement. It, I had fire all over me. Like, there was so much fire on me. I'm just going, yeah, I, I need to breathe, right? And so, when you're sensitive to the presence of the Lord, she said it drew her there. Wow. Um, there's some other testimonies I have about the prayer room, too. Um, actually, Jill had a testimony. She said the Lord woke her up, um, right, a few mornings ago and said, what did he say? You're sleeping. Get up. So she came, you know, she came to prayer. She came running upstairs. She wasn't, wasn't there on exactly right, exactly a quarter after, but God had spoke to her and told her to get there. And so what happened when you did? Yes, it was when we had our guest speakers, and God was preparing our hearts for um, the Bruners. Pat and Fred Bruner were here a couple weeks ago and just so brought us such a powerful, anointed word. Here's the thing, and there's no condemnation. Here's the thing. Listen to God. I mean, I never said anything to her. God spoke to her. She got up, and she walked through the door. She walked through the door, and so each one of us, we get to do that. Uh, she's an intercessor. She... You know, when, when you come, you add to the synergy that's already happening there. And so the one reason, again, for us to be together is so that we can encourage and we can lift one another up and strengthen one another to go on for what he has outside this building, which is big. Okay, so I got pearls this morning. I was thinking about the trials and the tribulations and all the stuff that we go through. And again, the longer that we live, the more we have. But last time I shared, I talked about testimony. How many of you um, actually went to your prophetic words and read them after I spoke a few weeks back? Remember, we talked, oh, Linda did. Yay, girl. Uh, Josh did. So here's the thing. We get to do the things that God encourages us to do, or we can be hearers of the word and not doers, okay? So we can, we can come here week after week, we can receive, you know, we get it, oh, that was good, that was so good, and then we go home and forget about it. Now, I'm just going to remind you, just a little friendly reminder, if you've got prophetic words that are written on pieces of paper or in your journals, you need to read them. Now's the time, okay? Now's the time. I know there's been great discouragement for a lot of people. Now, Jarrett, who we have been walking through this, this cancer thing for several years now, I mean, that is where God is taking him back to big time. Um, he has started coming on Thursday mornings. We Actually, for you that are free Thursday morning, we're meeting here all summer in the heat in the main sanctuary, okay? And so Jarrett has been showing up and going like, I just, I, I need to hear the promises of God, uh, you know, because they identified another thing inside his mouth and so he gets two choices you know to be scared to um, get discouraged or to look at the promises of God and so I just encourage you to do that God has a plan for each one of you it's not like the plan he has for me but you need to know what it is and so if you're having trouble hearing the voice of God you need to find out and I know Jeff started that last week he said you need to know who you are 
and you need to know whose you are. And I think that as we sang this morning, that the Lord was really wanting to encourage us that he wants us to get really close to him. Because the strength that we need to run this race, and I'm telling you, it is a race we're in, the strength we need is something that we need only from the heart of God for us personally. I can't give it to you. I can only do so much, but I can't give you my oil. I'm sorry. My oil is my oil. And so when you hear about the five wise and five foolish virgins, this is the season we're in right now. And so get extra oil. That means listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks and say, get up. He's been saying that to me. It's like, you know, you get into a habit in your life. We're retired. I used to get up at 6 every morning. Habit. 6 every morning. And then I wake up now and it's like, oh, I can do that later. I'll do that later. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's breathing on me in that way again and saying, no, 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 up. And so we need to, again, just really encourage one another. He wants to be speaking to us. I was thinking about, again, the trials, and this is what I, like it's been all, I've been all over the map when it comes to what does God want this morning, and he's really tipped everything upside down here already this morning, so it's really good. Like, when Holy Spirit does that, we need to just rejoice in that. But I want to share some scriptures with you this morning. Um, I know that Jeff has been sharing a lot about um, the new covenant and that that's the season that we're in as well, realizing that we have come out of the old covenant and so often we're living back in that, trying to get victory when we're actually trying to do something God never expected of us because we're in a brand new covenant. And so the things that happened in the Old Testament were given to us as, uh, as examples so that we wouldn't fall into the same trap as they did. Because the children of Israel were pretty crazy people. They had miracles happening in their midst all the time. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. Of 40 years walking out there. I mean, really? Seriously? And then when they didn't have water, they grumbled, complained, and they're going to kill their leader. I mean, seriously, how do we, how are we like that? And it's just a, a thing of examining our hearts. And uh, we're like that a lot more than we realize. So I want, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians this morning. And I'm going to read out of the Passion. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. Um, because every single one of us have a life message, a life story that we get to tell day after day to everybody that we meet, this is my life message. And Kathleen talked to me before she uh, spoke a couple of weeks ago. And she said, you know, it doesn't matter. Every time I go to prepare, I keep getting the same stuff. And you know what? Here's the thing. We, each of us have a life message and each of us have a mandate and each of us have a part to give. And my, mine is the word of God. Like I, I just have this passion that burns inside of me Whenever I talk to people and they're going through their tribulation, they're going, do you know what God's word says about that? Do you know what God's word says about that? It's such a passion in my heart because there is something in the word of God to meet every one of our needs in the middle of whatever we're going through. And so, again, if you were the devil, what would you do? I'd get you not even thinking about the word of God, and I'd get you, not, I'd get you falling asleep when you read it. And so if that's happening to you, you need to lift your head up and go not on my watch, (laughs) 
And, and so the Lord is, again, he's waking us up. Okay, so at 1 Corinthians, let's just start uh, verse 11. And all the scripture, all the verses before that, basically are talking about all the things that they did. They were, um, you know, in, involved with sexual immorality and on and on and on. And it says in verse 11, all the tests they endured on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture, an example that provides us with a warning so that we can learn through what they experienced. For we live in a time when the purposes of the ages past is now completing its goal within us. So beware. If you think it could never happen to you, lest your pride becomes your downfall. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. Uh, First Peter actually said, think it not strange, people, <laughs> when you meet various trials. How many of you think are thinking it's kind of strange. What? How can this happen to me? Thinking it's strange. The, the Bible says, like, don't do that. It's not strange. It certainly isn't. Okay, so we all experience times of testing, which is normal, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. Now, is that a promise or is that a promise? There's a promise. I'd, I'd write that out on a, a card, you know. I'd put that beside my, where I wash my dishes. I, I'd do that, and I have. And you know what? If we keep our eyes in the Old, Te Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, you know, they used to put it on their forehead, and they used to put it on their hands, and they wrote it everywhere, and it says they talked to their children day and night. Imagine. The Word of God, okay? You want, you want the Word of God plastered all over your house? <laughs> Go to Rayanne's shop because um, recently um, our granddaughter who works there was going through something not very pleasant, and she was not handling it very well as a, only a 15-year-old can do. And so I told her, you're in the Christian bookstore, sitting in the chair, moping. There's nobody in the store, thank goodness. And anyway, I said to her, I want you to look around the store. I want you to look around the store. Now, if you, if you sit there, we used to own the Christian bookstore. So, I mean, it's like there's nowhere you can't see something about God, <laughs> whether it be a picture or a verse. And I said, I know that you're used to sitting there, and I know that you're used to dusting all of that, and I know that you don't pay attention to what it's saying. But today I want you to pay attention because God wants to speak to you. He's going to speak to you. So here's Maddie. She goes, it's like, shut up, Grandma, right? And she didn't say shut up, Grandma, but that was sort of how she responded to me. Oh, Grandma. And so we need to help the younger generation. We need to encourage them. We need to let them know what has helped us and why we are victorious today. Why are you so happy? Well, because God has done so much for me. How could you not be happy? And so every day he's, he's creating a testimony. Okay, I'm going to finish reading this. Uh, I'm now on verse uh, 13. I'm going to read it again. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. Each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Okay, you guys. 
He just promised us a way of escape to bring us through victoriously. So whatever it is that you're in right now, there's a way of escape, not to whisk you away like the rapture, haha. You know, I, oh, I'm not going through the tribulation. Okay, whatever. He doesn't do that. He wants to strengthen us because he wants you to know how big he is inside of you. Why do you think he didn't just stay on the earth like he did with the disciples? And when I hear people talk about, oh, if, you know, if only we'd lived when Jesus lived. No, listen. Not only when Jesus left, not only did he, he leave and promise us he was coming back, but he left Holy Spirit to live with us and to live in us. John 16, 14 through 16. He is in us, living with us. There is no excuse. Ha, I hear people say, I can't do this. This is too hard. Well, then let God do it. I mean, seriously, let God do it. Now, for some of us who are strong in our own strength, and I pick me, I am a very strong person. I love my husband. I'm a very determined, very stubborn wrong person and God has had to do allow things in my life uh, even as uh, scriptures coming to my mind in uh, it's Luke and Jesus said to Peter Satan has requested that he could sift you like wheat oh really well save me Jesus get me out of here you know what Jesus said I am praying for you that your faith would not fail. Wow. Jesus is praying for us. It says that he is our intercessor. He stands in the gap for us. He is praying for us that our faith would not fail. Now, I've talked to you guys about this before. There's only one thing the devil wants from you, and that's your faith. What is faith? What is faith? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I just wish God would hurry up. Oh, really? Yeah. I just read that he knows um, the timing. And he knows, what does it say? The timing of every test. (laughs) Can you imagine that he knows that? Okay. Well, Larry and I have been walking through a test of recent we um, had a plan. We're supposed to be in Thunder Bay right now. How many of you knew that? We're packing up our little RV and traveling across. I see an aunt of mine that we, I've only seen once in my life, and she lives in Thunder Bay and is uh, 90 years old. So we decided we were going to go down there. We're going to visit her and some other relatives. And so we had our, our dates, our plans, and so now I'm going to confirm it with my aunt. So, you know, we're packing, we're getting things ready. And Larry says, well, have you talked to your aunt yet? Like, does she know we're coming? And I'm going, I can't get her. I tried for a whole week to try and get her. Now, she's an older lady that sits in her house most of the time by her phone. So when I've called her other times, she always answers quickly. So I'm after a week, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe she's with her daughter. Maybe she's here. Maybe she's there. After a week, I was getting really concerned. And so I thought, you know what? Like, I really need to talk to her daughter. And that's a whole other story. I have not met her daughter. Um, I do not have her daughter's phone number. And God literally, through a, a, a series of events, 
um, I got her phone number. Praise God. So I phoned her, and lo and behold, the very time that we were planning to go in the middle of May, we were making our plans, okay? Let me just say this. The Word of God says we make our plans, and He directs our steps. How many frustrated when you got everything planned, we're going to do it, and then we go down in the slew of despond. I thought I heard God. Oh, I didn't. Oh, dear. So anyway, I was really confused, and I just said, I've learned. I've learned about God's timing. So now I'm looking for why are we still here. My um, cousin informed me that my aunt had fallen just about the time we were planning to go in the middle of May. Had fallen and was in, had been in the hospital for a few weeks, and now they were transferring her to a care home. And it really wasn't a good time for us to be there because she really banged her head pretty badly, and they're now noticing signs of dementia that were little are getting bigger. So her, uh, her daughter said, you know, oh, we'd love to see you guys. And she was so excited when I called. And, and so she said, you know, we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted on exactly what, you know, her condition is. And so that's great. Okay, so now we're going to wait. Okay. How many of you like waiting? <laughs> yeah, none of us like waiting, especially when we have all our plans made, right? Well, in the meantime... I have been praying for 10 years for a reconciliation, a restoration of my oldest brother and his oldest daughter. My sister-in-law passed away to um, breast cancer 10 years ago, and there was a big rift between things with the will and money and all that stuff. And he, my brother, had not um, talked to my, my niece in 10 years, uh, totally estranged. And I had been praying and crying out to God for that restoration. Ten years, guys. I got a phone call. I would have been in Thunder Bay, but I got a phone call from my niece. And she said, Andy Chris, she lives in Calgary. We are coming camping to Kimberly. Shock of shocks. There is no way that they would come even near this area in case they ran into my brother. And so she said, we would like you and Uncle Larry to come to a barbecue on Sunday. If we really, can you come? And um, Auntie, I've invited Dad. And I've invited my other brother. And, and she goes, I don't know what it's going to be like, but I want you to be there. Okay, so she knows Auntie Chris is, uh, you know, the reconciler, lover of encouragement in the family. So she knows that, okay, if Auntie Chris is there, it'll be okay. So we agreed to do that. Now, here, I would have missed that. I would have missed that. God knew that way ahead of time. I'd been praying and, and other people praying that this, for this reconciliation. Ten years. Also, Fred and um, Pat Bruner were here that Sunday. We would have missed them if we had been gone. I wouldn't have missed them for anything. Like, God, there's such a beautiful connection in the spirit. And the word that they brought us was such confirmation to what God's doing in the house. You know, I, this has happened to us before when we've been at Reading and we've been doing other things. And people come through, prophetic people come through, and then I, I hear it secondhand, which is okay. because I, But I knew we needed to be here for that. So right after church, we went up to the campground and um, had this amazing time with my niece and I mean it was like 
My brother was already there. Uh, everything seemed fine. When we got there, we were late because of the service. And I got my niece in her little trailer, and I goes, Are you t have you talked? Is dad, have you guys had a, a talk? You know, not just, hi, how are you? You know how that goes? You know, it's all this surface stuff. And she goes, oh, and she's no auntie, but you know what? We've made a date, and we're going to get together this week. And she said, you know, I've been feeling such rejection. I've reached out. Now, I didn't know this. Okay, I only heard one, one side of the story most of the time. She'd been reaching out for years, a little email. The only way she knew how, a little text, happy Father's Day. All through these 10 years, she'd been reaching out. She said, I, this was my last time. I'm going to invite him to come for a barbecue, and I'm just going to see, is he still mad, and is he hard? And, and he, she said, it's been really good. It's been good so far. <laughs> You know, and all those things, all those lies we believe when it comes to reconciliation, what if and then what? Well, I just want to tell you that in that period, on Tuesday, actually they had planned on doing it on, on Friday, on Tuesday the, after the Sunday, I got a call from my brother, and he said, Hey, sis, I know you'll be happy to hear this. Lisa and I have totally reconciled. Whoa. Now, you've got to know my brother. He's like such a backslidden Christian. And for years, I've been a thorn in his flesh. And, you know, he'd say, I don't want to talk to me about praying. You know, because I'll just say, he'd tell me something negative and that was happening, especially when he walked through the cancer with his wife. And I'd say, oh, you know, Bob, I'm just praying. I don't believe in prayer. Why would a God, you know, and on and on. So I've been loving him through all the stuff for years. Now... He calls me when one of my prayers get answered. You know, it's like, I knew you'd been praying, and this is what happened. And so it's so important that we recognize God's timing. And then uh, for me, all, and I've had many other things happen in the midst of this. Um, actually, Larry fell, and you know that he fell in last week. And uh, the prognosis that the doctor gave was not good. And here's the thing. Our tailor-made trials, there's little triggers. Do you know there's little triggers in each one of us? That, like, you know, some of the things that happened to Linda wouldn't fizz me, or Rocky, or Phyllis. I mean, it would go, oh, that's easy, I can do that. But there's little triggers in each one of us. And so why did the doctor, why did he have these stories, you know, when Larry went to see him about, yeah, I had somebody with a foot that looked just like that that lost their foot. We had to cut it off. And, and, oh, yeah, and we, I'm concerned about gangrene. Like, seriously? I mean, you come home with this report, and I'm going, are you serious? I've been there, done that. I'm not going back there. I mean, when Larry, you know, had his foot chopped off, it didn't get chopped right off. I want to tell you that we were in the hospital for weeks with those toes on there, all stitched back on, with me praying over those toes, life, 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 and he lost his toes gangrene was starting to set in. Like, I knew what this was about. And so I, I felt this little thing jump inside me, and I'm going, no, no, not on my watch. It was so, it was such an automatic reaction that rose up within me, and I knew it was God. It was like, no, there will not be any of that here. And, and fear, you can just leave here right now. Anxiety, out the door. And so then, you know, just been praying for him every day. And, so, and the doctor said, 
six weeks on antibiotics, you can't go anywhere. I'm still planning on going to Thunder Bay, guys. No, you can't go. Six weeks on antibiotics, and we're going to watch it every week to see. And I'm going, six weeks. Once more, waiting. Waiting. And so the scripture that came to my mind in this waiting period this week was one that we all know really well, Isaiah 40, 28. I'm gonna, we're going to read that. Because for those of you that are waiting right now, in the midst of something, there's something God wants us to do. Isaiah 40. Uh, these are ways of escape. Let's turn to Isaiah 40. Actually, I could probably get you guys to maybe just quote it to me because you all know it. They that wait... Yeah, you all know it. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love it. How many of you are experiencing that? Experientially experiencing that. How many? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so for the rest of you that need to experience that, here's the thing. You've got to know what God's Word says, otherwise you're not going to be able to do it. So what, what I want to do is I want to give you God's Word this morning in it. I want to start right back here at verse 27. Because we just usually quote that one scripture, but I want to bring it into context. Okay, let's bring it into context. Mm -hmm. Verse 27, it says, Why, O Jacob, did you say and declare, O Israel, my way and my lot are hidden from the Lord? My right is passed over without regard from my God. Have you not known, Chris, Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint or grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply, making it abound. That's the amplified. I like that. He gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength causing it to multiply and abound. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall, exhausted. But, here's the big but in the Word of God. But those who wait for the Lord, and what does waiting look like? Expecting, looking for, and hoping in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. How many of you just get really tired? We all do. And if we pretended we didn't, we would be lying. So this is like something the Lord has to remind us of on a regular daily basis. And for me, this is what I've learned the waiting, and I, I, take the, I take this word and I look it up in the Hebrew, and I found out that actually the waiting means to be entwined around like a, a vine would wrap itself around a stake. And for those of you who have gardens and you've got beans that grow, and if you don't put them on a stake, they lay all crumpled on there and they don't bear the fruit that you're going to want. But you stick a stake in the center and allow that bean to go up and around, you have beautiful fruit. And that's the key for each one of us. If we, those that wait, those that entwine themselves around the Lord, will renew their strength. 
Okay, so it's not about us, it's about him. And we just get to do it in the way that he's calling each one of us to do it. And it'll look different for each one of you. Sometimes, you know, uh, we just need to lay back and listen to worship. I don't do anything else sometimes. There's, there's some days that I have so much activity going on and that my Grand Central Station and the doors slap in both ways and the phone's ringing. And there's just, I just have to sometimes just sit in my chair and be quiet. And so when I do that, I become very aware of the presence of God. And, and him inside of me, I say, okay, you're in me to work and will your good pleasure. I just need some good pleasure happening here. And so he always comes through. But I, if I don't sit down, and if I keep going, I am done. And then Larry has to pick the pieces up. And, and God's given me this very slow, methodical, wonderful partner who um, looks at me and says, you should slow down. And I go, forget it. I got to do. And all through the years, God has used him. And women, all you guys that are married, God has, he didn't make a mistake at the spouse that you have. You need to listen to him, okay? I'm learning that in my later years. And um, when I do, I get rewarded for it big time. So we need to draw from those that God's put us with. Okay, I'm just ripping my pages on my Bible here. Ooh. Well, it's quarter to 12. You guys are yet, some of you are nodding and some of you are reading your phones and all that. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I got one more scripture in uh, Corinthians. I get these from Rayanne. They're so awesome. The Passion Version is so, so awesome. So 2 Corinthians. Um, oh. Twelve verse nine. Second Corinthians twelve verse nine is another key, another way to escape. Some of you guys already know this scripture too. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this is about Paul and his thorn. How many of you remember Paul had a thorn in his flesh, and you know all the people have. Through the ages have argued, was it physical, was it spiritual, was it people, blah, 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 whatever. He had a thorn. <laughs> it hurt. He didn't like it. And he wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> How many of us just want to get rid of it? Well, I do many times. Okay. So this is what God said to him. He said, oh, yeah, he, it says he three times Paul pleaded with the Lord to relieve him of this. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. Did you hear that? My power shows its full expression through your weakness. It's okay to be weak. For those of us that strong, it isn't sometimes. So here's what I'm learning to do. So I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. Ha, ha, ha. Not so much some days. But this is where God's trying to bring us to. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with trouble on every side and persecution because of my love for Christ, I'm made yet stronger. 
for my weakness. Now, I, I just read this yesterday. It is so powerful, you guys. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. My weakness becomes a portal to God's power. And so we know that in whatever place we're in right now, God wants to pour this fresh, brand new grace. And for me, in this uh, trial right now that we're going through, this timing, all this stuff, the Lord has really, there's a key, and I've had it for years, and it's about worship. And I know I've talked to you guys about this before, but I was noticing, hey, the worship this morning was so right on. (laughs) Roger, uh, in spite of all the little technical difficulties, thank you for pushing through. Um, because this is where, where it's at. You know, it doesn't matter about the electrical, whatever. It's about, are we, when we come here together, worshiping the Lord with our whole heart? And I realize, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard when we come, but I realize that um, God has given us such an opportunity to have these words of these songs become life to us, to become life to us. And I can remember Jeremy Riddle, preaching on a Sunday night. And Jeremy doesn't preach that often. He's one of the worship leaders at Bethel. And he got up and he preached this message. And I'm going, yes. And he, he said, you know, the hardest thing for a worship leader is to wor- be trying to lead people into worship. And you're going there, but they won't follow. Oh, my goodness, Roger, do you experience that? <laughs> do you look at the faces? Yeah, they do. They look at your faces, guys. Um, so... And I think that the hardest part is when you know there's life and when you know there's power and when you know, then you just want everybody to experience it, right? So what happens with me personally, it's like I, when I hear those words and all of those words are so, so real to me, especially that one that we've been singing about, it's your breath in my lungs. Um, I, I almost died on the operating table um, on how many years? It's been over 20 years. These pearls that I've got, each one of them has a story. The only way you can get pearls is how? Through tribulation, right? Those little oysters get sand inside, and it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, and pretty soon there's a nice little pearl that's formed. Well, I've got other pearl necklaces, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me today when I was getting ready, and he goes, yeah, you got a lot of pearls in your life. And each one of them has come out of a trial and a tribulation. And it's worth it all. Corinthians says, this slight momentary affliction, and I know what you're going through, but maybe it don't feel slight, doesn't feel slight, and it doesn't feel momentary, but I'm telling you, the Word of God says that this momentary affliction will bring you an eternal way to glory. So I think it behooves us to walk through this the way he's telling us to walk through it. I believe that we stay in the position that we are not because God wants us there in many situations. It's because we refuse. We refuse to do what he simply said in the word. Now, what song was it we sang this morning? And I'm going to get you guys to practice this before we finish. Um, about lifting up our hands. What was the song? Waiting here for you. It's an old song. We all know the song. We sang the song all the time. We should get over this song because I would like to get on to the next song. Okay. <laughs> this is what the worship leader sees <laughs> when he's looking around you guys. 
So here's the thing, lifting up your hands, okay, so, and I, I'm saying this from my own testimony, okay, I've had both these arms, both these wings have been dislocated, I've had broken, all this stuff has kept, tried to keep me from, list, the word says, lift up your hands in the holy place. Oh, but that's not my personality. I don't see that in there. I, 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 don't, the, I don't know what version or what Bible, I don't, I don't see it. It just says, lift up your hands. Okay, now what? There's a secret locked up inside this, and all it has to be is through obedience. Now, <laughs> I've, I've heard people say to me, nobody's going to tell me what to do during worship. Oh, I'm not. So Jeremy said this. He said, and he said that very thing. He said, if only people knew, if they just followed, again, the worship leader and listened to the songs and did what it said, there would be so much breakthrough that would take place in the midst of the congregation. Whoa. And I'm going, preach it, Jeremy, preach it. And he said, it's the frustration of a worship leader. And I mean, he's an amazing worship leader. And he leads in Bethel. And I mean, when you go to Bethel, everybody's worshiping there. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, the power that, and he was preaching that message there. And so it's like people come in from all over the world and they need to know the power of God comes through just, these guys have waited on the Lord for these songs. They didn't just slap them together and go, oh, this one's good. Oh, that one matches that. They actually sought the Lord about those songs for this morning. And so, unless you are disabled and um, can't lift your hand, and again, I'm speaking from experience. I've been in that position. Um, I want you guys to stand up this morning. And um, I don't know, do you need to turn that off or are we going to? Uh, well, I, what I want to do is I want to get, I want a song that um, we're going to play. And I want, I want you guys to do this little exercise for me. Um, Gavin, have you got that song? Okay, so here's, here's what I felt the Lord drop in my heart for today. I didn't know I was going to do this. I wasn't planning on doing this, Okay. So we need to have praise on our lips, like David said, 24-7. Okay, so when we wake up in the night, there's praise coming out of you. When you go to sleep at night, there's praise coming out of you. I, I didn't write this. The Bible, it's in the Bible. You know. So if we can do that just here in our little group, in this synergy that's going on, just practice. You're amongst friends. Nobody's going to look at you when you raise your hands. You're all going to close your eyes. And as we sing this song, I want you to raise your hands. You don't have to keep them there, but at least raise them, okay? Okay, go for it. Play that song. It's, um, you'll find out what it is. It actually doesn't tell you to, in the song to raise your hands. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you.
that will destroy fear, discouragement, doubt, anxiety, and every other enemy of the soul. In 2 Chronicles 20, 21 to 22, we see the result of praising and singing. As the enemy came, it said that they put, oh, they put the singers before the army. They put the singers before the army. And so, Father, we just pray that in this day that our lips would be ever filled with your praise. God, we're asking for the grace and the mercy when we feel least like it, Father, that you'd whelm up within us. Lion of Judah, you live inside of us. And we say, we want you to come forth in this hour. And we want to praise you like we've never praised before and see the strongholds broken in our lives. And so, Father, we do this morning as we lift our hands up before you, we bless you. We bless you because you're good. You are good, and you will never let us down. Never. And so, Father, we just release your people into that place today. This week will be a week of victory like never before. I just declare that now in the name of Jesus. Keys that have dropped into your hearts this morning are going to unlock things that you've been struggling with for years. And so we just release that now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.